Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. we got a crowded show for you today. In a little bit, we're going to talk about how our economy is changing uh, according to technology. The advent of robots and other things are not just having an effect on the way we work, but on the effect, the effect on the way we spend and invest and all of those kind of things. We're going to have a really great interview that uh, producer Jake uh, near did on that subject. Then a little later after that, we're going to talk about a symposium at Wayne State University that'll look at Detroit's past, present, and future. So you're going to stay tuned to both of those segments. But first, yesterday, President Donald Trump announced an update to the North American Free Trade Agreement between the United States, Mexico, and Canada. He is calling it the USMCA, something I think might get confused with the United States Marines from time to time. But uh, most economists say this new agreement is very similar to the previous deal through NAFTA. So what's different about this and what remains the same? And what will the effect be here in particular on the Detroit 3 Automakers joining us now to talk more about that is Dustin Walsh. He is a reporter who covers the economy and trade for Cranes Detroit Business. Dustin, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. So let's first talk about USMCA and how it is different from NAFTA, which Donald Trump uh, really didn't like and has said for a long time he wanted to get rid of uh, and do something new. Right. So, so the important thing to note is this is an update. Um, I, I've been calling it NAFTA 1.1 <laughs> instead of 2.0 because it's not it's not a complete uh, reformation of the whole thing. Uh-huh. It's, um, it's just an update. But the things that are different are really the United States um, got a little, and Canada and Mexico gave a little. Is the important way to look at it. Um, some of the important changes are the the parts content. So the percentage of a vehicle, how it's made up of all the parts has to be made in the NAFTA region, mm-hmm. so so Canada, Mexico, and the United States. That used to be 62.5% of vehicles. It's now, in 2020, going to be 75% of vehicles. Um, if the, they don't meet that, they have to pay the standard WTO tax uh, tariff of 2.5%. Uh-huh. Um, only three vehicles made in Mexico didn't meet the 625 Only a handful more don't make meet the 75%. Um, so whether there's a production shift, we don't know if we'll see that. Um, the only thing we can guarantee is vehicles will be slightly more expensive to meet that demand. Mm-hmm. Um, another new thing is to, uh, uh, 30% of the parts on the vehicle, or 30% of the vehicle as it, as it were, um, has to be made in an area where pe- workers make $16 an hour or more. Um, that's obviously a direct shot at Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the, the data to back it up, but my hunch is we're probably really close to meeting that as it, as it were, or or you know, we're, we're going to be close to that as it is. Yeah. Um, so, so it's really important. To, these are a lot of really kind of minor shifts. Um, some production may shift. Uh, the likely scenario is that it's going to make cars, particularly small cars, mm-hmm. more expensive to make. And those margins are already thin, so much so that Ford is essentially getting rid of it's, it's getting it's rid North of it. Of, yeah, right. right. So, so we may see a little bit more of that. Um, but but again, it's 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 a minor update. It's it's a shift. Yeah. What about on the job front? That that's always the big concern uh, of of workers here in the United States. Uh, there's a lot of folks who say that since NAFTA took took hold, uh, we've lost lots and lots of jobs to to Mexico in particular. Uh, it, does this improve the job picture f- for people in places like Detroit and across America, or is it? Pretty much the same. I don't think it improves. I mean, if you look at, I mean, th- th- there's obviously a philosophical argument there. Does trade impact jobs? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. It particularly impacts jobs that are clustered. 
So Detroit was a major, Metro Detroit, Michigan was a major cluster of automotive. So yes, it did, it did impact that. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's going to be some argument on whether that was technology or whether that was trade. Um, but we can at least assume that trade had something to do with that. Uh, there are things, this isn't really a, a trade agreement that's going to necessarily grow jobs, but it is somewhat protecting jobs. Mm-hmm. So there's other parts to it. Like there's a quota on how many vehicles can come from Mexico and Canada. Um, we're pretty close to that quota right now. So basically that's limiting the growth of, of imports in Mexico and Canada, as well as a parts quota, which is, it has some room to grow so that they can import more parts than they currently do from Mexico and Canada. Um, but I think the really important thing people need to know is as it is now, we were already at our peak. We've already sold a record amount of vehicles in the United States, 17 and a half million uh, in 2015 and right around there in 2016. Mm-hmm. I don't see a future in which we sell more than that ever. Right. So, so if things stay the same, they'll never meet those quotas anyway. Right. So, right. but the idea is that, okay, in some theoretical future where people buy more cars than that, yeah, then then obviously that would that would impact where those jobs could go because they couldn't grow in those markets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Dustin Wall. She's a reporter, covers the economy and trade for Crane's Detroit Business. Uh, we are talking about the USMCA. That is not the United States Marine Corps. That is the new trade agreement that uh, Donald Trump has uh, forged with Mexico and Canada. It is a change to NAFTA, which is the trade agreement we've had since the mid-1990s. We're talking about what the effects will be of those changes, whether they will uh, improve things here for our local economy, whether they will improve the trade imbalances we have that Donald Trump has uh, pointed out and criticized so heavily, uh, and talking about the effect in particular, on the Detroit 3 automakers. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what you think of this development in uh, the trade negotiations, the trade wars uh, that Donald Trump has uh, encouraged and indulged since he has been president of the United States. Do you think this is an improvement? Uh, Do you think this is sort of spinning your wheels in place, or are we going backward with the way we deal with Uh, our closest trading partners, uh, Canada and Mexico. Uh, As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, uh, and uh, we will try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Another uh, big question about this, uh, I think, is uh, how the bridge, the Gordie Howe Bridge, which they now say is going to be built by 2024. How does this figure into this new agreement, or does it? Um, it doesn't. So there, there's no language, at least as far as I've reviewed. Again, I haven't got through all of the pages yet. Um, but as far as I know, there is no mention of the Gordie Howe Bridge. I have talked to sources in Canada um, who have said the government has no intention of even using that as a negotiating tool. They are going to build this bridge. Um, <clears throat> so... Uh, you know, if it increases and decreases trade a little bit mm-hmm. between the countries, I'm not sure Canada cares. Um, Canada doesn't like that, that, that the Maroons own a bridge. They want a new bridge. I don't see uh, the president, even though he's been, you know, essentially petitioned by the, the Maroon family. I don't see the president balking at that. I think he wants, you know, it, it would look as an infrastructure win to build mm-hmm. a new bridge. So mm-hmm. I think he would support a bridge. If the Maroons wanted another bridge, he'd probably support that too, because what's better than one bridge, two bridges? <laughs> Why not have more? Um, right. So so I, I don't think that this has, that has much of an equation in this at all. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, this 
agreement in the context of the larger trade conversation that Donald Trump wants to have. Uh, it's not just NAFTA that he was critical of. It was the trade imbalances we have with China and uh, and with Europe. Um, and he's done some really aggressive things about, uh, about those trade imbalances. Some people say they're working. Other people, of course, say they're not. Does this fit with the pattern of the way he's approaching trade questions uh, as they play out here in the United States, or is this kind of a departure? No. So, so basically, I think this is going to back up what he's been saying. So, um, they reached an agreement. They're going to parade it around as as a huge as a win, as a huge win, as a huge change, and he's going to use it as 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 tariffs work. Tariffs, mm-hmm. bull, the bullying use of tariffs, which again, we need to remind people, tariffs are a tax on your own people. Right. So <laughs> right. so yeah. so he basically taxed the American people to to get politically what he wants in his mind to the benefit of the people. Um uh, we don't know if that's the case or not. We'll have to see how that weighs out. So I think if anything, this is going to make um, the administration more staunch in the use of tariffs, particularly mm-hmm. against China, particularly against the EU. Mm-hmm. Um, one important fact with this is there was a side letter between the two countries where they will not uh, the import tariffs. So, so Donald Trump has asked the Commerce Secretary to investigate whether uh, imports of cars are a national security threat, mm-hmm. which, um, as people may or may not know, is a very little-known um, clause in the in the trade agreements that um, allows you to say they might be a national security threat, and you can tariff the, the heck out of them. Right. Um, he still is going to want to do that with the EU and China, particularly. Um, even though China doesn't import cars, but he's still going to use it. Right. Um, and the idea is that or China imports very few cars, and it's American automakers that import them. Um, he's going to use that when that investigation wraps up, likely in February. Um, so Canada and the U.S. or Canada and Mexico don't have that. They, that that is stability relief. So I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's the important thing. But yes, absolutely, this is going to back up his um, his use of tariffs for yeah, sure. Yeah, and and in a way, I guess part of the argument is that tariffs are short term pain to get better deals that you know uh, afford all these other things that that we want in other words yeah we might pay a little more for things that uh, that that get tariffed or or, or taxed uh, in the country while he does that but if they result in in stronger deals or deals that favor uh, this country better then uh, in the long run uh, that tariff is not is not as uh, as damaging as it might have been Sure. In this case, that might be true. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think you do run a risk of a tit for tat, right? So so who who who's willing to balk first? Uh, particularly, when we look at China and the use of tariffs with China, which is outside of the automotive specter mostly. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But if you look at tariffs there, who's mo- who's willing to create more pain for their people? Um, a president that has essentially installed himself for life in China, mm-hmm. or one that's up for re-election. Um, so I think there's a dangerous game that can be played there and a very dangerous precedent that can be set. Um, the EU, you know, is is far more reasonable than China, but uh, they're a large trading block, too. I mean, we have the advantage of being the largest consumer market, arguably, depending on which metric you use right. in, the, in the nation. So so we have a little more power in those negotiations. Uh, but using tariffs can lead you down a dangerous road if it's to um, particular types of people issuing them, um, particularly uh, Xi Jinping in China and, and Donald Trump here in the United States. Hmm. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. That's three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. Tell us what you think of the new trade agreement between the United States, Mexico, and Canada. Is this an improvement on NAFTA? Will this prove that uh, the president's right about uh, very aggressive? 
trade negotiations and tactics that he has embraced, or is this a, a minor victory and that the overall policy uh, will not work? Uh, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag us. We'll work you into the conversation. We'll start with Ben in Auburn Hills. Ben, welcome to Detroit Good today. Good morning, Mr. Hey. Henderson, Mr. Walsh. <laughs> yes, I wanted to bring up a point. Uh-huh. So it seems like even though this was a Clinton initiative, NAFTA, and it wasn't Obama, um, Trump still seems to be rebranding things and putting his own name on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder, number one, how this will affect um, – the auto workers here in Michigan, will this union strengthen as a result of this? And secondly, is this the first of many things we're going to see him rebranding hmm. um, and taking the credit for? Hmm. Uh, ben, thanks very much for the call. Uh, and the questions, how does it, let's start with the union question. Sure. Uh, we're going to see the UAW come out and, and cheer this? Um, to a certain degree, yes. Uh, there is language in it that that's basically trying to ask Mexico to allow um, – unionization which they want desperately in mexico yes that raises wages that makes that makes uaw here in the united states union labor here in the united states more competitive i don't see how there is a way to enforce that i don't see how you you enforce that the unionization uh, in 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 mexico um but that's the idea that's what that's what the uaw wants and uh, and the uaw has always been pro tariff pro you know pro pro protectionism um because they think it protects their jobs right um you can make an argument that it doesn't um, but I don't think this is going to suddenly equal um, stronger labor unions. I mean, I, I wrote a story this week about that. Um, we've seen a few more lockouts and strikes, uh, UM nurses, uh, the road workers. Yes. We've seen a few of them this year. But the reality is unions are still weakening over time. Uh, the UAW has added some. So Michigan, if you look at the raw numbers, looks like it's up a little bit. But that's largely because the automotive industry has been doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a recession coming. Uh, most people predict 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, that isn't going to improve union labor uh, workforce. Um, so I don't think this is going to be a return to you know, the strong labor's labor unions of the 1970s. Um, I don't think it hurts, but I don't think it makes it uh, great greatly better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, thanks very much, Ben, for the call. And the question is, let's go to Watts in Clinton Township. Watts, welcome to Detroit today. Hello, bye bye. Uh huh. You are. Oh, hi. Uh, hi, and thanks. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I lost my job, and so did uh, millions of others, uh, to NAFTA and the China deals, uh, all races, male and female. <clears throat> and uh, the main purpose of the deals was, <clears throat> excuse me, cheaper labor and to gut-punch the organized labor. So I'm not a huge uh, Trump uh, supporter, uh, if you call it that, but... Um, Definitely, this might be uh, a step in the right direction, and he mm. did say he was going to do it. And Mexican uh, workers in Mexico don't pay American taxes, so that's a good deal. Mm-hmm. And also, too, it would benefit organized labor. Um, the more jobs that stay here in this country, the better off for organized labor and for all the um, satellite uh, places like the restaurants and bars and Etc. Credit unions, etc. 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 Yeah, uh, Watts. I really appreciate uh, the call. I'm really sorry uh, about the, your job loss, and and you're right about that affecting lots of other people. Uh, Dustin Walsh. I imagine this is exactly the the reaction though that the president is looking for. That's right, and I think that's where it becomes this weird philosophical argument because a lot of people do feel that way that that 
that trade did cost them a job, and and they're not necessarily wrong in that. Um, but but as I as I look as I try to like uh, understand and, and explain economic philosophy, um, we I always bring up the the um, parking deck scenario. So so if jobs are the cars in the parking deck, so we're looking at American labor and we're looking at the jobs that we're trying to protect. When we talk about globalization, it increases innovation and increases um, competition. So do we want to focus on the hundred cars that are in the parking garage? or the hundreds of thousands of cars <laughs> that are being created outside of the parking garage mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that may come into the parking garage. So, I mean, I think that's the appropriate way to look at this. And obviously, there's there's thousands and thousands of people, um, just like our caller here, that that have lost their job. And 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 that's an awful thing, and that hurts. Um, but, but the reality is things in the industry have been changing for a very long time. Labor yeah. has been declining well before NAFTA. Um, and it's really about just the way that they make products automation, technology, these things are increasing and will increase. And those jobs would have likely been lost in one way, shape, or another without this trade agreement, mm-hmm. um, without NAFTA, the original one, or this new one. Um, so it, it's, it's just a difficult thing to, to explain to people because obviously they're hurt and they, you know, and they suffered. And, um, you know, that's, that's, it's, just, it's an awful thing, but, but that's, that's sort of the price of, of how an economy changes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, Watts, thanks very much for the call uh, and the questions. Uh, let's go to Sandy in Livonia. Sandy, welcome to Detroit today. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. Um, settling with Canada and Mexico was easy. Settling with the EU will be easy. But when you start to get down to... Um, the Chinas and all the rest of the despots like North Korea around the world, those people don't care if their people get wages or they starve. Hmm. And when you start fooling around with those guys, they are dynamite. And they're going to beat you because they don't have to get elected. They don't have to worry about the populace. They're just going to beat you. Hmm. Hmm. And this is a dangerous thing that, that, Trump has started, yeah. and there may and there may be no end to it until we're particularly in Detroit here really hurt bad. Hmm. Hmm. Sandy, I, I I really appreciate the, the call and and those comments. Let's quickly go to to, to Mark in Detroit, who I think uh, has a comment that plays a little off of what Sandy was saying. Mark, uh, go ahead. Yeah, um, the uh, I'm a retired auto guy. Um, I never saw that much job transfer to either Canada or Mexico that wasn't based on the market they have in their own countries, where we've lost a ton of jobs, probably five assembly plants worth, is uh, trade with Korea. We get nothing out of Korea, and we take a lot of vehicles fully assembled, probably five assembly plants worth, Um, thanks to their currency manipulation. When are we going to do something about that monster? Hmm. It's basically destroyed the the ability to make small cars profitably in North America. Hmm. Mark, uh, again, thanks very much for the call and questions. We've got two really disparate kinds of uh, takes on this uh, this issue. Sure. So, I mean, the, the, the Trump administration did renegotiate a, a trade deal with Korea uh Last fall, yeah. <clears throat> so, so the Obama administration had done a deal in 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 Korea uh, with Korea, and then and then the Trump administration redid the deal. Um, it, it's hard. It's hard to view. I mean, there, 
we we do get a lot of stuff from Korea, but it's usually it's not vehicles. We do get some vehicles. Um, those largely come from other. They're not really imported from Korea. They're imported from either Mexico or, or somewhere else. Are made right here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the the real things that we get from Korea are consumer electronics. Um, we forget that that LG. Um, you know, a lot of those companies are based in Korea, and so we do get a lot of that. Um, the the trade deal with Korea really was a preventative measure. Um, it really prolonged their ability to get trucks into this market. Mm-hmm. Because um, that's one thing people seem to forget in all this is that we have our own really incredibly high tariff, and it's on light trucks. Um, it's a 25% tariff. You cannot import trucks into this country. Right. So if you want to make trucks, you got to make them here. If you want to sell trucks in the U.S., you got to make them here. Um, and that has largely, I mean, uh, for better or worse, is buoyed the U.S. automakers for generations. Yeah. Um, I mean, this chi- this is called it's called the chicken tax. It goes back to LBJ. Um, so that's how long we've had this 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 incredibly high tariff on trucks. Um, so it's always weird when we talk about fair and, and, and you know, it's, it's, there, there are no <laughs> solutions really. They're all, it's always trade-offs. Um, so, so, you know, it, is there issues with all the trade deals? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, again, thanks guys for the comments uh, and the call. Let's quickly take John in Windsor. John, welcome to Detroit today. Morning. Yeah. I hey. find this all very interesting. Um, the rhetoric coming out of, uh, uh, President Trump, and I'm an American who lives up here due citizenship, so it's kind of crazy is that somehow um, America, United States, needs the Canadian dairy market because one farm in Wisconsin can pretty well fill the entire Canadian s- supply chain in about one month of work. Um, it's good for his base. Uh, it appears that it's just, as your guest said, NAFTA 1.11 maybe, <laughs> a couple little changes. Um, it's just, it's all for the base and the bluster, right? Mm. Uh, we're sitting here as Canadians, you know, we're proud, we're happy to trade with the United States. You're our cousins, our family and friends. We're not the bad guys mm. ever. That's really all I got to say. John, thanks uh, very much for the call and the comments. Uh, Dustin Walsh, we've got about a minute left. Uh, th- this idea that uh, the president has treated Canada unfairly uh, sort of prop them up as the boogeyman to, to, in order to, to try to get these things that, that he wanted. I think that's, a, that's another wrinkle of this that, that deserves some examination. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, it, it's really easy to point, as I just mentioned, the U.S. tariffs on trucks, it's really easy to find um, an unfair trade practice in every single nation on the planet. Right. Um, he used dairy as an extreme. It's an extreme tariff. Um, it, it, they have a very weird system there. It is a very protectionist system. It is definitely unfair. Um, so they did, by the way, in this trade deal, they did open up the dairy market to, I believe, 3.6% of their market on ca- Category 7 dairy products, which I think are like infant formula, uh, dry milk proteins. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not much. It's, it's a small amount of money, and it's not really going to impact anything um, with, with trade. Uh, but yeah, that's the important thing is 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 to look at this and 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 know that there is a boogeyman in every country, including ours, when it comes to trade. <laughs> yeah. um, and so the idea is, of making it fair and balanced, you could go on for the rest of your life and never come up with a fair and balanced deal. Yeah. Um, so it's really about who's giving what and who's getting what. Um, and 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 you can't look at this to necessarily solve the problems in your own country. And and I think that's that's the mistake that may be being being made is is looking that it's going to solve something. It yeah. necessarily isn't going to solve something. It might it might impact something minimally one way or the other, um, but it's not going to un, unravel an entire industry. The the uh, the the um, 
instability is really the danger there. And now that we at least have a trade deal, you're going to see a big sigh of relief from, from most people within both all three countries. Okay. Dustin Walsh, reporter who covers the economy and trade for Grains Detroit Business. Great to have you here on Detroit Today. Thank you. Up next, we're going to talk about how some researchers think artificial intelligence can be used to fix some social inequalities. Also remember, if you have to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you want to. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Thank you.